Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. On today's episode, we have something really juicy. It's Christina's first solo, and we're going to be talking about her spiritual journey from a history of zero spirituality to what most would call a medium or psychic abilities. Super interesting. This journey is going to be so insightful for everyone listening as what best practices you can use to strengthen your spiritual connection. What's the craziest experience Christina's ever had with these skills and abilities? And two, let's all calm the skeptic in us and ask Christina some of those probably riveting questions we're wanting to ask her about this. So stay tuned. Here we go. Oh, hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> Are you nervous? I'm so nervous. Hi. This is crazy. I was saying to you that it feels very vulnerable. Like it's it's funny how we can talk about, you know, I can tell you about my biggest rock bottom and my lowest low and my separation and my challenges with motherhood but something about this feels different mm-hmm. there is like a, a layer of vulnerability here that I wasn't expecting until we started the zoom <laughs> you know the podcast always feels a bit more intimate I find too right because mm-hmm. you know you can be on whatever social media platform but you know it's just different this yeah. this way right it's like a full deep dive conversation into it whereas there people just get like the surface level. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer that when something really, really scares you, it's exactly what you have to do. hundred percent. So. Well, I would just like to say thank you for showing up today on behalf of all the listeners, myself included. I get to be in the fun seat and you're in the hot seat this time. Oh, you get to be privy <laughs> to the vulnerability. I have to be careful, everyone listening, because at one point I'll be doing a solo on my own story. So I got to be careful what I ask her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so today is really going to be about Christina sharing her journey through spirituality and how this has become a part of who she is. And we're going to ask lots of really deep questions about that journey in hopes that it helps you along your own spiritual path. So mm-hmm. without further ado, we're going to jump right in. I think just to like caveat off, we have to know because I know your past, but not everyone might. Yeah. Take us on this journey. How does one go from being not spiritual whatsoever, Mm. like not growing up in a religious or spiritual household to like fully embodying this spiritual journey of yours to, you know, what most myself included would define as like being a mystic or Mm. a psychic medium. Take us on that journey. How does this begin from little Christina to present day Christina? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Sometimes I even look back and I'm like, whoa, how did this all happen? Because for anyone who knows me that's listening pre, I, I feel like we need to have like a saying like, pre-spiritual Christina or maybe like Christina 1.0. I was the most pragmatic. And I say logical in the sense that not that 
spiritual people can't be logical, but I was like based so much in logic, I guess maybe empirical. Like Mm -hmm. you, I I was really like facts, black and white. Mm -hmm. Right. And I can see that from growing up. I mean, I grew up in a family in a, in a household where there was no religion. And I think, you know, I don't know whether if I've had actually direct conversations with my dad about this, but I do know that he grew up in religion. I think it was the Catholic church. Um, and I know that my mom also went to church and stuff as well. And it just wasn't part of their, like they did, they didn't want religion as something as part of what we grew up with. So there was no religion in our household. There certainly wasn't any spirituality. You know, you sometimes talk to people who are like, they maybe have a parent who, you know, had cards when they were growing up or played with crystals or like, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I do distinctly remember though, as a kid, having this immense fear when I would lay awake at night, thinking to myself, this can't be it. Because if we die after this, what happens? And I would um, I would try to conceptualize eternity, and it really scared me to the point where I'd have to I'd have to force myself to try to stop thinking about it. But wow. that now looking back on that, I can see that that was me. I think connecting to something deeper, but mm-hmm. not really being able to process it or understand it or you know. Right. And, you know, I I can also see based on like as a child and a teenager, some of the different pieces of trauma that I experienced, this really created this piece within me that needed to have control, which I'm sure some people can relate with, Mm. you know, I needed because there were elements that were so out of control that I experienced I became very by the book, very black and white. Um, I went into teaching. I got a job that was, you know, quote unquote, respected by society, right? Like it was like a good job. Mm -hmm. And I went into teaching. I majored, I got my bachelor's. I majored in English. I minored in history. I did courses in psychology, everything I really loved. Um, But I was very much connected to my left brain like there wasn't a whole lot of creativity that came from me and so it's just really interesting to me all of that like I can make sense of it now but for a lot of people who see me now probably don't understand it without that explanation you know Mm -hmm. and I I love this like juxtaposition for obviously those people who listen to the podcast and also who know you they're like oh that doesn't sound like you here. You are being very creative um, with everything that you're putting out on social, Mm. this podcast, like creativity, it sounds like it's authentically one of the core pieces of you. And so would you, would you, I mean, of course you would say this because I recently redefined some of my authentic pieces Mm -hmm. and creativity is one of those things. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Like it is threaded through so much of my daily life. Mm -hmm. whether it's creating content or, you know, through the words that I write, like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's such a big thing. Yes. And so would you say you mentioned, you know, that you like, you were very black and white and logical and imperial, Mm -hmm. like, do you think, and you hinted on it a little bit there, but that that was sort of the armor 
that you suited up with mm-hmm. um, to sort of, you know, get over those pieces in your childhood that were obviously traumatic, which we've talked about before on the show. Um, but that really the spiritual side is authentically like who you are and it was always in there, but just could not break free. It just wasn't its time. Yeah. A hundred percent. A couple things come up when you say that. Number one, I, I remember hearing this quote. I don't know if it's Gabor Mate, but this piece around when children, when they experience something that is traumatic or they don't feel safe, their creativity gets mm. put away. Self-expression. Yeah. Right. right. And so it's no surprise that as I really had to dig into my healing and what I really refer to as actually peeling back the layers of pain and conditioning to reconnect to who I truly am, mm-hmm. this creativity felt safe to flow again. Mm. Do you ever think that um, that overwhelming want to have that understanding of eternity and like what happens after you die was almost like that soul aligned part of yourself trying to kind of come through, but you were like, Wait, not today. <laughs> A hundred percent. We'll talk about this 20 years from now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, and it's, it's funny. I even remember in my twenties, my sister, my older sister, Danielle, she would always ask me to come to like, you know, psychic parties or readings. And I would always be like, yeah, right. You believe in that stuff. But I think on a deeper level, whether I was aware of it or not, I was actually scared because Mm. Maybe you were projecting a bit. <laughs> yeah, but I refuse to do any of that stuff. And I actually, wow. yeah. And I actually remember playing like Ouija when I was younger, never feeling comfortable with that. Like I was like, no, I'm not mm-hmm. doing this. Because you didn't believe it or it made you feel uncomfortable? Well, I think I, I think I, I think consciously, I thought I was just being like, oh, this is fake. I don't believe in this. But I think on a much deeper level, mm-hmm. I knew that this shit was real. You know, if anything, that has only become so much more proven to me as the years have gone by. But yeah, it's it's just so interesting to me how it has formed. Because I mean, even for Brad, who was my husband that I separated from, for anybody who's listening, they would they would know that he would be like, what the hell is going on with Christina like he was the one that directly saw this like huge transformation that I experienced because who I was before is is nowhere near who I am now yeah Yeah, you've you've evolved that's for sure I remember you even telling me once you're like yeah I had to sprinkle some salts around the bed and I didn't want him to to know I did it for anyone who's like what the hell is she talking about And this was maybe like mid journey of trying to figure out what the heck was going on with me and my spirituality. And I knew that I was starting to connect more at one point. It was when I was experiencing like a pretty dark night of the soul with like my fears around spirits and like dark energy. And that was actually like a huge block I had to work through in order to get where I'm at with my connection now. Mm -hmm. But I was like, so afraid of like dark energy and dark spirits you know I think part of that was conditioning growing up seeing movies like the exorcism and poltergeist all of these crazy horror Mm -hmm. movies where it's like you see people possessed 
Yeah, and they also make mystics and people who are spiritual like look out to be Looney Tunes. So no wonder you have a bit of like shadow around even having this episode. A bit. Yeah. Talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, conditioning but, of society. Right? But I remember when I was really starting to like open myself up more to this, I used to meditate at night every single night. It was a big part of my practice, still is. But like when I was really starting to strengthen this connection I would I started to notice that the bed would shake a bit you know at first I'd be like what the like I'd be meditating so it would take me out of my meditative state and I would open my eyes thinking it was like Brad getting up from the bed to go to the washroom and I was like annoyed come on I'm trying to meditate right now I thought you were sleeping and I would look over and he's snoring and not moving visually see the bed shaking or just felt it well and then I would sit there for a second because I was like, well, that's weird. And then, yes, it would start to shake. And I'd be like, um, okay, what the f- like, what is going on here? Wow. And so I started noticing this enough time where I was like, this is not me. I'm not being crazy because like it was happening enough times for me to be number one, taken out of my meditative state. Number two, I would then look and see he was like fully asleep, not r- wrestling around, like fully in his deep sleep. Mm. So then I started looking into it. And this is when (laughs) for all you skeptics, you're going to love this. This is when I started learning about portals and how you can open up, you know, in certain meditations or with words or prayer and different things like this, you can open up portals and not realize it. And that's how certain energies can get through. And, and so that was one of my experiences where I really had to face some big fears, which we can get to that a little bit later, Mm -hmm. but that's been a big, that's been a big part of this process as well. Wow. So if we can back up for a minute, we understand in childhood, you were not exposed to this. If anything, you were like very much sort of against going into this realm of spirituality, even with influences as close to as like your sister. So how does one go from, I'm assuming you would acknowledge that you were literally a skeptic in adolescence. And so how does one go from being a skeptic to now opening up portals? I want to talk about that, oh that timeline. When did you even begin to venture into this area and why? Well, I mean, some, some people who might be listening, if you've been following the podcast, you would have listened, you might have listened to the rock bottom episode and it was in the early stages of motherhood um, after Max was born that I was really in a low, low, low place with my mental health Mm -hmm. and, you know, motherhood literally broke me open to a lot of this pain that was within me that I didn't even know was there. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't control everything anymore. Like I had my entire life and I was really forced to surrender to something. You know, I've even, I even said in that episode a while back that like, I, I, very clearly remember a moment lying on my floor being just feeling so lost and in despair and not knowing what to do. And, you know, literally saying out loud, like if, if anything is out there, like I, I give up and I need help. Hmm. And I think it was in that low, low, low place 
where I was forced to really like just release anything I had left of control that I started to connect to something deeper within me that hadn't been able to come through because I was so tightly clenching on to control my whole life. Right. So that's pretty interesting how you're, you're bearing all right now mm. <laughs> through this journey. And you, that was also the moment in your past where you were literally like bearing it all, like oh. you were on the floor, full surrender. Yep. And it's so interesting, your story about building this sense of control as this mechanism and this tool to protect yourself and this rock bottom of motherhood literally decimated that coping mechanism for you like you finally mm-hmm. sounds like we're taken out by the knees on the floor where the universe was like you don't have control over this little creature and this now this phase in your life now what are you gonna do yeah and so I can literally like feel you in that moment like you know a lot of people are like oh my god someone help me but it's like really they're like fuck hopefully this goes away by tomorrow (laughs) sounds like you were like actually in it and you were like desperate and willing to try do anything to get out of the place that you were in yeah well and and I also want to say I actually wasn't even thinking about like I hadn't even thought about this piece but I think it's really important to note you know I've had two really low rock bottoms with my mental health one was then and one actually was more recently in the spring And I haven't talked about it too, too much, but in the spring, I made a really hard decision to go on antidepressants because I knew I had to, I knew it was part of my journey. Mm -hmm. When I went through this rock bottom with my mental health, which was, you know, roughly four years ago, what's interesting is that there was something deep, deep, deep within me that actually knew that the antidepressants was not the choice. And now I can see with very clear hindsight that it was because I had to strengthen my spiritual connection. Mm. And I think if I had gone on the antidepressants, then it wouldn't have made my spiritual connection what it is now. Right. Wow. So it's really, really interesting to me. Yeah. There was something, there was like this deep intuitive piece that was like guiding me. And I, and it's, I can't even really put into words, but what it looked like, getting me to pay attention to little things that I needed to start to do, whether Mm -hmm. it was, it's like, we've talked about breadcrumbs, right? Listen to this podcast, read this book, take this course, talk to this person, start, start a social media account talking about your mental health. Like these things that I just started to do Mm. and I didn't question them. I just did them because I also had no other choice. I was just at such a low place. Right. And now I can see that was my intuition, which in in my opinion is my channel to my soul. Yeah. Right. And so my soul started to, I started to allow my soul to leave me. And so what was the time frame? You're there lying on the floor. If something else is out there, help me, guide me. I need help. And like mm-hmm. literally was this like the next day you're getting kind of these nudges, like we call nudges or breadcrumbs. And now you're picking up this podcast or this book and starting these things. And it's funny now because the breadcrumbs always lead to a loaf of bread. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look at you. Right. But is that just for listeners if they're wondering like, how do I know if my intuition's trying to guide me or spirit's trying to guide me? Or I want to strengthen that. Like what, what does that look like? And like how, like what are the time frame of those breadcrumbs look like for people? Mm. 
Well, I want to say first, like in that moment when I was sitting there, the voice that came through didn't sound like the typical voice in my head. There was a calmness to it. It was quieter and it felt sturdy. Hmm. Like I could lean on it. And I think that's really important. And, you know, I've done a lot of work. I do this with clients or like in classes where we look at the difference between your intuition and your ego. And it's really like this, this is really important work to do is starting to really figure out what, what is your ego? What is that voice of fear when it comes through? What does that feel like Mm -hmm. versus your intuition? What does that feel like? And that's a really great way to start to decipher um, because our intuition is felt like we feel it in our body. And yeah, I'm trying to remember what the question was that you said, but, but that, that was, that was a key ingredient for me was starting to notice how things felt. Was that the first time you ever felt that sort of grounded sturdy voice? Yeah. Mm. That, that I can, that I can, you know, consciously recollect. Okay. And I, I, I actually really like your differentiation between fear and your ego. I think you say something like, cause a lot of people will think, oh, well, my intuition or spirit, it's always like exciting and things I want to hear. Mm. Not the case. Do you want to quickly touch on that? Because you talk about that a lot, even on your social media, like fear sometimes, you know, there's that feeling, yeah. um, but it's typically the thing we that's comfortable for us or the yeah. thing that doesn't push us and that that you know inner knowing or intuition it's like ooh it's really going to push it it feels really uncomfortable but it it has like a grounding to it and a calmness to it yeah yeah and and this is actually this was actually a big um a big piece of my spiritual journey has been the work that I've done understanding my ego mm. and how that looks, how that feels when it comes through supporting it when it does. Um, because our, our ego functions off of fear, right? Right. Like it's, it's main function is to keep us, to keep us separate within ourselves, separate Mm -hmm. from others, separate within ourselves, separate from everything. Like that's how it functions. Mm -hmm. Whereas the soul is connected. It's all about oneness. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was really important work. I I just want to say that as a side piece, like my work, understanding my ego, you know, reflecting on it. I remember I, for a while, I was doing a lot of journaling every single day to really become aware of like how that came through and almost like it almost had its own identity. Right. Right. But back to your question of like the, the differentiating between fear and intuition. Yeah. Your fear from what I've come to understand and and really experience is fear will seem like the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. Based on society, based on expectations, based on what keeps us safe and comfortable and, but doesn't feel good. Often Mm -hmm. fear comes with sort of more of a frantic energy to it, maybe a bit more chaotic, disconnected, heightened. Um, Sometimes it can feel really like vacant, Mm-hmm. Whereas intuition often doesn't seem like the right thing to do, but on a deeper level, it feels good. Right. And it's more of like a, a stronger, sturdier, 
consistent energy to it. Mm -hmm. I almost think of it as like a deep hum. I like that. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's important, especially as you're saying in your story, like that was the first kind of thing. You're like, this seems different. This is a different voice coming through. Yes. And I'm assuming those breadcrumbs really kind of began to lead you into this work around creating awareness on your ego, Mm. your soul, authentically who you are. And really a lot of that is just based in psychology, right? Like learning like these other pieces, which in spirituality we'd call your ego and your soul. Um, But it's also just like your triggers and your habits and like, you know, learning how you're operating based on the environment that you grew up in. Yeah. Which is taking you away from authentically, maybe who you are and how you want to self-express your creativity, all of those things. Yeah. And so I'm assuming, so how does that go from there? You, you eat a few breadcrumbs, you're starting to listen to more like self-help podcast, dipping your toes into spirituality. Where do we go from there? Yeah. So this was when my mental health journey really kind of took off. I really started digging into my anxiety, learning about what it was, realizing that our anxiety is actually a byproduct of deeper pieces within ourselves. And it's actually a very good warning sign within us that something Mm. needs attention. I really got like, my anxiety was like the foundation of the work that I began to do. And it really began to also segue me into this sort of spiritual component some of the main pieces like every day I was journaling every day I was meditating and I started to pull cards that was like an intro practice for my spirituality is I I still have them I in fact I just actually pulled one of them today the first card deck ever got was a Gabrielle Bernstein the universe has your back mm-hmm. and I pulled those every day and I would journal about whatever card it was that came through Mm. It was just a really nice practice that grounded me. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not saying that for anyone who's on their spiritual journey, you don't, you don't have to journal every day. You don't have to meditate every day. But for me, what I have found is building awareness has been such an important piece of this foundation I've created because it detaches us from our fears, intrusive thoughts, our pain, like it, it creates space so we can be the observer of these things yes. and it so, brings us home to the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just like such a critical piece you just said there. And I, I really do believe going through my own spiritual journey. So many people are just operating on autopilot. Like we're checking in on everybody around us, our spouse, our kids, our friends, our moms, but like, when do you turn the mirror back on yourself? And it sounds like this practice that you created allowed you that space to detach and do it. But like, I had never done that. I had mm. never looked at the way I was thinking, what kind of thoughts were coming up for me day in, day out, the patterns, why I was acting in certain ways in certain situations or relationships. And it sounds like you kind of really dove into doing that and began to see some like critical pieces around your anxiety and how you were functioning, the coping mechanisms you had created. Yeah. Well, I, it's like a puzzle coming together. Oh, a hundred percent. I had a lot of pain inside of me mm-hmm. and I had to look at it. I had to for my, for my relationship with the kids, for my mental health, because if I didn't, I, I honestly don't know if I would be here. And so 
I had to, I had no other choice. Wow. And, you know, it's interesting. And I, I think I've said this before, but with meditation, there's like this, this idea that like, oh, we have to meditate and not have thoughts. Well, no, the idea with meditation is actually we become aware of our thoughts so we can see them so that then we can respond and not react. Yeah. Like that's the point of why we, like meditating is an action. It's not an, it's not a noun. It's not a thing. It's a way of being. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like somewhere down the line, someone's like meditating, like don't think they mean like, don't think about your to-do list. Like when that pops up, try and get that off out of your mental load and yeah. just like allow like your creative brain to explore. I mean, for you, and I think we're going to get into it in a little bit, like maybe spirit guides to come through and show you things visually. And then like you get to interpret meditating. I always thought was just like silence and nothing and blackness, darkness. (laughs) It's like going into a 3d movie sometimes. And like, you know, like those like interactive, like flyover California type things. But yeah. Like what was your experience? Like when you, began to do this every single day like Mm. I'm assuming because again you went from skeptic okay hey I'm bleeding open on the floor here to okay I'm starting to learn more become aware and now you're in this meditation practice like at what point does not just you feeling this intuition or this but like spirit really come into that is it through meditation or, or where yeah so I think a big piece that occurred at this time was my grandpa actually passed away and this was the first time that somebody close in my life had passed as I began to dig more into some of these different practices like breath work I was introduced to the Akashic Records around this time not introduced like I I got this sort of breadcrumb to learn about it and so I grabbed a book started reading about it and realized that this would be really important for me on my own healing journey mm-hmm. started going into my own records every night and I began to do the two together and, and wow, was this like such an opening because for anyone who does breath work and I mean, you've just in your certification, like it is such an opening. Yeah. And then I would go into my records and, and because I would have, because I was so open from the breath work prior, I would go into the records and it was like, oof, I was just like fully open and able to connect but to go back to the meditation piece first, you know, I, I got an app. I think it was like simple habit or something like that. And I just started each day doing meditations based on how I was feeling. Hmm. Maybe I was dealing with intrusive thoughts. So I did a meditation on that or, and I just found ones that I really liked. So they were um, guided meditations? Guided. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I started doing like meditating, like meditations with no guide until further along in my journey. Mm -hmm. That's a good note just for listeners if they haven't really dabbled. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think the important piece too, is like, I found things I liked. I didn't force things, you know, maybe I would do a morning meditation and I would do that for a while and do a nighttime or like I tried them out. And then I Mm -hmm. remember coming across a meditation that was like connecting with your guides. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. And it was like a, it was one of the longer ones I had done at that time, maybe like 15 minutes. And towards the end of it, you, you get into such a deep meditative state that then, you know, the, the person who's guiding you is like, okay, and now we're going to call in any guidance that, and that's when I would just start to organically kind of 
connect. And then I would write down what kind of came through and I didn't really think much of it, mm-hmm. but I remembered really liking it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I just allowed myself to follow what felt good and mm-hmm. follow what felt right without putting so much pressure on what this was supposed to be. That is just such a critical piece for people listening because even knowing you now, like you've changed your practice, like it's constantly evolving as is mine. But I remember even going into it thinking like, okay, I got to be like Gabby Bernstein and I got to do all the things she does or whomever it is. But I think that's just such a key piece for people. It's like, there's so many tools, so many modalities out there. And I think the reason there is, is because not everything works for everybody. And Mm -hmm. you have to like, try, test, try, test, and like, see what speaks to you, what makes you feel grounded, connected, all of those things. So that's Mm -hmm. miraculous for you that you had kind of like zero people in your life who were doing all these things. And you just kind of like self-led yourself to the things that were going to open you up to these experiences. Yeah. Also part of that too, was like, I didn't ever expect to be doing what I'm doing now, but I think just allowing it to be a process that was very natural, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. before I started to learn about the Akashic records, it was during this time of, you know, doing these meditations, connecting more with my guides that, and this was a little while after my grandpa had passed, I would say maybe, you know, six months to a year, I started to get visits from him in my dreams. Mm. And I've always been a dreamer, maybe not like super vivid, but I always have dreamt. And I started to notice so that like when he would come through in the dreams, they would be very vivid. And so I started to write these things down. because I was like, this is really interesting. Number one, because I never would really have dreams of someone in my life. Mm -hmm. And then as I started writing these things down, like they're very detailed. And I started passing on some of this information to my dad. And I remember his reaction and my dad was like, what, how would you even know that? Like you weren't alive then. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> sounds, sounds weird here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was after that, that I started, I think, to open more to this potential that my grandpa was connecting with me hmm. because there were other things that would come through that I would pass on to my dad. And it wasn't like just coincidence. And interesting enough that your dad is the one validating this, just knowing, you know, he's definitely not spiritual and he is like a business guru. And, you know, for him to be validating this experience for you, is just kind of like paradoxical. (laughs) It was very interesting because him and I very similar in that sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so is this, is this the phase where like the skeptic in you begins to die? Like, cause you are having more compounding experiences like this, which like you just can't explain other than the fact that this is real. Well, there was one other thing that happened during this time that this is that, that this is the climax. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. (laughs) Because it was, it was during this time that my grandpa actually started coming through more regularly in my meditations as well. It was almost like he had to you know, now that I actually reflect on it, I think because he was such a close person to me, maybe he had to be that trusting connection to the spirit world for the first time, you know? Yeah. I think with your journey being so self-led, it makes sense. Yes. (laughs) 
but yeah, he started coming through in meditations and then I write it, I would write about it afterwards and I could really feel that he was guiding me. And then something else really big happened during this time. I was with a couple girlfriends at the time and we were just kind of having a girl's night. Mm-hmm. And I was telling them about how crazy it was that my grandpa was coming through and like these, these really interesting details of things that I wouldn't have known mm-hmm. that I would then pass on to my dad. And he would be like, wow, like, how are you knowing this? Right. And I forget which, which one of them said it, but they were like, Oh, can, can you try to like, can you connect with people who have passed? I was like, well, I don't think so. And they were like, well, let's try. <laughs> leave it up to a group of girlfriends hey (laughs) right having a glass of wine and for anyone who's listening I'll have you know also though like I was I was connected enough to know that you don't just call in the dead like Mm -hmm. I I said a very specific prayer that you know called in only the light protective energy we're not just opening this up to whoever wants to come through it was very specific who Mm -hmm. we were calling in for my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who, you know, like who is serious about this stuff and wants to try this, just say a nice protective prayer for yourself because Mm -hmm. that's important. And zero expectations, but I wanted to close my eyes because I didn't want to, I just felt, I think nervous and I didn't want to see their faces. Yeah. And I, I started just kind of, saying what was coming through and and the only way I can explain it is what my mind like what I was seeing in my mind which I can actually now say is like my third eye right but it was almost like I was just thinking things right and so I was just Mm -hmm. saying whatever it was that I the thoughts that were coming through and I was doing this for my one girlfriend and I remember very specifically it was like stuff about you know I could tell it was her as a child because of how she looked but there was this woman with her and, um, you know, very descriptive, detailed image of what this woman looked like. And they were making pies together, cherry pies in this yellow checkered kitchen. Anyways, very detailed stuff. And mm-hmm. when I opened my eyes, she's bawling. Oh, wow. And she was like, that was my grandma. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're like as dumbfounded as she is. I was like, what is going on right now? And then wow. of course, B's like, okay, you got to do me. You got to do me. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and same thing, closed my eyes, didn't want to know anything that was going on. And they were, they were, for anyone who's listening, like they're not giving me hints. They were silent the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then I did my other girlfriend's um, same thing, closed my eyes, just started saying whatever was coming through like thoughts, like almost like you're, you're imagining memories in your, in your mind. Right. And, you know, I was shown this man in leather jacket, a a black outfit. And he was sitting with, with her and they were sitting at this table and they were playing cards and there was like this fish on the wall and they were laughing about it. And he's riding this motorcycle into the sunset and like all of this very detailed stuff. And I opened my eyes and she's bawling. She was like, that was my uncle. And she's like, "That, that image that you said of how you saw him riding his motorcycle with his leather jacket on and the sunset is in front of him 
he always said that that's what he thought heaven would be. Oh, wow. So like, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. And there was no way I could have known any of that because at the time, the two girls that I was friends with, they were like women I'd met through work. I, I had known them maybe less than a year. One of them is now one of my best friends, but at that time, I didn't know them that well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, just and like, even I so, know. like, who knows about yeah. someone's uncle, right? Like on a motorbike. And... Right. Wow. So at this point, like, you go home from that night and you're like, holy, like, what just happened? I went home and I was, I thought I got hit by a truck. I was so tired. My whole body was oh, absolutely wow. exhausted. So I messaged um, one a, a woman that I know who's like a local psychic, a medium. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I do? And she's like, oh, you had your first experience. That's <laughs> it's exciting. It's like losing your virginity in the spiritual yeah. sense. Oh, she's, wow. like, she's like, you should take a salt bath and you okay. should be very gentle with yourself because that probably took a lot of energy out of you. So do you think that everyone has this ability somewhere in them or at 100- least? Yeah. 100%. And do you think like you were able to tap in in that way because of all the foundational practices that you had been doing to connect to your intuition, grounding yourself, the experiences with your grandpa, like it was almost like a muscle you were building? Yeah, you you put it exactly how I explain it, which is, I think that we all have this muscle within us. Mm. And, you know, when you go to the gym to work out, you don't expect yourself to be able to lift these weights the first time you work up to it. Right. Just like with our intuition, you have to practice it. You have to come to it at each day. You have to trust that it will slowly build mm-hmm. and you have to nurture it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's just so critical for people to understand because I think that's where, you know, even the skeptic in my own like journey comes from, it's like, well, I've never experienced anything like that. And it's like, well, no, but I also couldn't walk in the gym and do a full unassisted pull-up yet, but I know it's possible if I worked up to it. Right. Because we've seen it with our eyes. So it's just being able to believe in something, seeing even your progression in it and knowing that if you flex the muscle enough, you build the muscle, you can do it too. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's that as one critical piece. Mm-hmm. And the other piece that I think is really important is doing the work within yourself 100%. to move through and release the stuck energy. And that mm-hmm. can show up as pain, conditioning, limiting beliefs, like fears, all of that, that sort of in us taking up that space. Yeah. Because for me, the more I cleared all of that out, mm-hmm. I cleared that channel. So I was able to more effectively and deeply connect with this piece within me. Right. We're kind of like walking around as like clogged up vessels, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> well, conditioning is... and programming. And yeah, I think that's why that piece is so critical in your journey. And that's really where you started, which was on the floor. Which was on the floor. And this is why I'm like, you look at children and they are tapped in. Like they are pure, clear channels of love and light and joy and Mm -hmm. present like they're so present Mm -hmm. until we mess them up (laughs) not mess them up but like layer all this crap on them and I also believe that when kids have 
imaginary friends. I think it's spirit. Mm, I think that they, yeah, I'm, I, I really do believe that. And this is why we love babies and kids so much Mm. is because there is this purity to them. There is this, this innocence. Mm -hmm. And I think on a deeper level, we all know that that's in us. 100%. Yeah, I remember you even like doing a reading for me once and being like, oh, I see Thea. And there's like this like girl with her. She's like long brown hair and they're always playing together. And you describe this like circular sort of Aztec carpet that we literally have in our playroom. Like you described mm. like the colors of it. And then you're like, yeah. And like, do you ever like try and come in when she's playing like with her dolls? And then she's like, get out. And I was like, yeah literally all the time like I thought hey okay I'm like here to play with you you know like spend that time and she doesn't want me there but it sounds like she's having a full play date with someone and you were like that's uh like you didn't know who but when you were I knew it was like my friend Colby who had passed away when we were like Mm -hmm. young adults and like she's there with her in those moments you said but like there was no way you you knew anything about Colby never mind the play like the the rug in our playroom and I was yeah this is before you and I I think yeah. that was probably like our, one of our second sessions, like years, like a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think a lot of people, it almost starts with that, like this, you're either in this rock bottom or you have this really profound session with someone with like the skill set that you've now developed. And you're like, okay, hang on a minute. How did mm. you know that? How did you know those details? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. It's been really interesting just seeing how this has really evolved Mm -hmm. because some of the things that I have experienced with clients and you know that like there's no way you can explain it and having been the biggest skeptic it's pretty cool yeah I love Um, that I feel like it's like attainable through your story because it's not like you were influenced by someone or grew up with this like you were self-led with zero influence, really, like all within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you, ha- you have these readings with these girlfriends and you're like, okay, oh, yeah. something's going on here. And then where do we go from there? Because now you're running like a full, like soul led business. Like you do coaching as well, but there's also this like huge spiritual component to like, how did we start evolving towards that? Well, actually it was fear that took over right after that, because I was like, (laughs) this is scary. I don't understand what's going on. Mm. And that was, it was during that time that, you know, I really kind of went into a dark night of the soul, which involved really peeling back some layers that were necessary to peel back in order for me to connect more deeply to my spirituality. I really had to work through a lot of fears that I had around spirit and, you know, quote unquote, dark energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really had to dig more into building an understanding of what all of that was and where it came from and what, how much of it was not real and was conditioning Mm -hmm. and bringing it back to the Akashic records. I I think the Akashic records were actually a more gentle approach into my spirituality because it felt more structured. It felt more protective because the prayer that I say when I go into the records is quite detailed Mm -hmm. and it just felt like I was more supported and held through that channel. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was some of like the logical scientific side of you being like, okay, this is like a structured path into spirituality. Like we're literally yeah. going into a spiritual library here. Yeah. And it felt safer. Like now I can see that as that was a safer way for me to start to explore it in conjunction with my healing. I love how you summarize it to that because I remember when you first told me about them, I was like, holy crap, there's a spiritual library. Like it seemed like crazy to me, but you're like, oh yeah, like this was mainstream for me. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But maybe that's why I was led to it is because that's how my spirit team knew that it would feel safe for me to explore it more. Yeah. Because yeah, somebody do. Yeah. If someone's like, oh, take a psychic course, I would have been like, what? Yeah. Not a chance. Right. And so I I started doing that all for myself. And then I started to realize through my own healing that this, there was something good here. And I wanted, I just started doing them for free for family and friends. But Mm -hmm. then I started to realize that, you know, at, at the same time I was starting my coaching business, it kind of just felt natural to bring that in as well as maybe I could start doing these soul readings in the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's really just become a thing. Okay. So you've begun your coaching certification. You've graduated that. You're now sort of, you know, becoming a veteran in the Akashic records. You're feeling pretty confident in veteran. building that muscle. <laughs> well, you definitely were when I met you. So. <laughs> oh pause for a minute on what's going in your own internal world. I have to imagine that again, where we started this episode, which was, mm-hmm. we got logical black and white, Christina, like she's in the, you know, reputable like career realm. You're beginning to dip your toes into creating like your own little side hustle. And it's not mainstream. You're not selling, you know, knits or like candles. Like you're giving people like psychic readings, if you will, or into the records. What is going on in your external world, whether that's with family, like what are people saying and how's that affecting you? And how did you even deal with that? I had a lot of shadow around the spirituality piece. And I think I was really aware of who I spoke to it about, how I presented it. I think I really, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I don't think I gave it in full detail when I would talk about it sometimes. And it just depended on the audience, really. Mm -hmm. On my social media, I I would maybe talk a little bit about my healing and the records, but I didn't really go into a lot of detail because I just felt like it was such a almost taboo subject and that a lot of people had their own opinions of it. And that scared me because I have always been someone have been someone who has cared a lot about how I am perceived. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to be like the good person and do the right thing and be liked, which I'm sure that resonates for people. But as I began to just dig more into this, I knew that the more I held on to those pieces, it was too hard because that authentic piece that I was starting to connect more and more into within me and with my spirituality, it, it, it was who I truly was. Mm -hmm. And I had to really be 
okay with releasing control over what people thought of me and how I was perceived and whether I was meeting people's expectations. Um, you know, at, at some point I had to leave teaching and that was a really hard piece and, and letting go of that part of my identity. Mm-hmm. It, lots of fears I had to work through. Well, and, listen. Ugh, man. But in that process, it really strengthened this piece within me of like trusting myself. Mm-hmm. Well, all because, you had was you like in terms of who else had experienced this, right? Yeah. And, and what I have found is that it's brought me closer to my people. Mm-hmm. And I've also had to let go of a lot of relationships and that's hard. But I think also, you know, I think we need to look at this idea that we have of like, are we not supposed to grow? Are we not supposed to evolve? Like this is part of it. Well, I think it makes people uncomfortable when you're growing and then maybe they're not. Yeah. And then they have to look at that, right? So I think it's natural for people to object when you begin to change and evolve and expand because it kind of almost forces them to look at themselves, right? Yep, yeah, 100%. And I think maybe the spiritual aspect, now that I think about it, this is just coming in real time. It's probably easier for people to be like, oh yeah, she's all spiritual now or oh yeah, she connects with the spirit world and that's probably easier for them to project that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I mean, knowing you and like even just getting a bird's eye view into your practice because we're so close, like, yes, you're spiritual and yes, there's a side of you is going into your records and whatever. But really, I would say the foundation of your practice is awareness of yourself and how Mm. you're acting, how you're relating, communicating to people. Like, it's really just a level of consciousness that regardless of like a spiritual practice, if everyone could just adopt that, this awareness and constantly looking inward, like where can I improve, expand, grow, like just in terms of psychology, like the world would be a much better place. Mm -hmm. I think the spiritual piece like grounds you in that and you know what I mean? Like supports you in that. And yeah, but the other pieces, I would agree with you. People use like that kind of spiritual bypassing as like, oh yeah, that's what you're doing. But like the rest of us normal folks over here yes. are not looking at any of our shit ever, by the way. And we're going to keep acting how we've been acting, regardless of it being toxic and ruining every relationship we're in. But anywho, you go do you and meditate. <laughs> yeah. That's painting a broad b- brush stroke, but I'm, I'm feeling what you're laying down there. A hundred percent. I think it's like, it, it gives people kind of like a quote unquote out, right? Of like, oh, well, she's just doing that whole spiritual thing and that's kooky and, you know, woo woo. And yeah, well, actually what's within me is also within everyone. Like it's. <laughs> and it's so but funny I- too, because there's like thought leaders all over the world, Oprah included, who is like literally spitting out the same things. Maybe she's not talking about the Akashic Records, but I guarantee you she's talking about meditation, your intuition, all those things, right? 100%. So- let's not forget like we have some like pretty big people out in the world doing all of these same things right yes well we're getting there we're raising the consciousness yeah of this planet slowly slowly so what would you say is like the biggest or most common like misunderstanding about spirituality Mm. well something that I just actually referenced was that it's outside of us 
Mm. Like spirituality is not the book you read. It is not the course you take. It is not the place you go to connect. It's in you. Like Mm -hmm. if there's one thing I've learned, it's that we are, we're not humans that are having a soul experience. We're souls that are having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And this has been absolutely fundamental for me because it has really changed the way that I approach my challenges, my hardships, my trauma from the past, my pain, like my emotions, like all of it has just been completely redefined and has so much more meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that outlook. I remember you telling me that a long time ago in Mm -hmm. my journey. It really helps, right. When you can detach from that whole idea that like, Oh, I'm a human. And yeah, we have a human side to us, but like we're a soul. Yeah. Right. And, and we, we can't get rid of one or the other, nor would we want to. But I think sometimes also what can happen in the spirit world is like, oh, well, we're souls. Well, no, we're humans too. So mm-hmm. we're going to have those emotions and it's okay to sit in them. And it's okay to be a jerk one day because you're human. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's about integrating the two. Yeah. That has been so huge. And so I think so much of the time though, we get on autopilot, like, oh, we're just humans. It's like, no, like you can tap inward, but you know, society creates these environments or our upbringing as in your case, where we don't actually tap in until, you know, we're into our twenties or thirties. And we talk a lot about how we have these midlife crises, which really are like these midlife awakenings, Awakenings. but they do, they do seem more like a crisis when you're laying on the floor, broken open, crying and sobbing. And I'm sure lots of listeners can relate to that, but it's, it's kind of the point where I think, yeah, you were ready. You were ready to be kind of broken down that all the tools that society had taught you to lean on whether even it, it if it was like drugs like antidepressants like those were just not what you felt pulled towards right mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent so we talked about how you began using the Akashic Records as a tool and sort of transitioning into the side hustle, which obviously became a main hustle. And you've already sort of dropped that bomb that you've fully removed yourself from teaching, which is pretty inspirational, just kind of being cut a bit from the same cloth as you. Like, you know, you took this leap of faith towards this passion and and purpose that you really, really felt, which was very different than, you know, your mainstream teaching job. So kudos to you, number one. Well, it's Um, very scary. Like it's, you know, (laughs) it's like I pretty much left everything safe and just jumped off this. Anyone needs some inspiration or an expander. Christine is your girl for that. Oh my God. She loves jumping off cliffs. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the literal sense. Sometimes too quickly. You have to slow me down sometimes. Yeah. I'll grab you from the edge. Yeah. So obviously between then and now, like lots has transformed and continued to grow in terms of like your spiritual journey and your, and your skill set in this realm of things. Like, can you explain to listeners like what are all the different ways you can connect through or with spirit? Because, you know, how you may do it in terms of like the records or soul reading um, or channeling a message may look very different than what some people have seen on TV or experienced um, with other psychics or mediums, et cetera, in in their lifetime. Can you maybe explain some of that? Yeah. And and I want to start by first saying, 
you know, I think sometimes we can get hung up with these tools that are there for us to help connect, thinking that the tools are the end all be all, or that is the truth. You know, like you pull a card and you're like, oh, this card means this. Mm. And you go down in this spiral thinking, or you get a reading by someone and you're like, they said this in the reading. What I want to say first and foremost, and this is something I say to clients a lot is you know the truth. Mm -hmm. You are the one that knows the deeper truth. And these tools are actually there to just help you connect more to that. Right. right. When I do a reading in the records, often clients at the end will say, you know, it's so interesting. Like I was feeling some of these pieces, but it really came through so clearly. I'm like, yeah, because it's a tool to help you connect deeper to what you already mm. know. Within you bring you. up a really good point because it's like any other profession, we don't hold them to hundred percent accuracy, like definitely not meteorologists. Right. And like doctors as well. Like, like I'm pretty sure it's this but it could also be this, this, and this. It's like, this is no different than that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Well, because we've also been conditioned to believe psychics and mediums and all of that are false and fake. But if we go back hundreds of years, these were the healers. These were the people who held the power. These were, I mean, and that's a whole other topic of like Ooh, the patriarchy. Like and It's a good episode, and- the history yeah and like women being burned at the stake like you want to talk about like yeah there's a reason why these things have happened is because this is innately within us especially women Mm -hmm. this power you hear that guys careful (laughs) (laughs) careful you know are we just up as hocus pocus for halloween by the way i'm just putting it out there (laughs) they're the best um So there are so many different ways that you can connect with your spirit team, with, you know, you can go into the records, with past loved ones. These are different channels, Mm -hmm. right? These are different sources that you can connect with, channels that you can go down or open up to. But essentially, this is about the connection within yourself, first and foremost, And so one thing I want to say here is, and this can be really helpful for anyone who is really trying to step more into this connection, you know, strengthen that intuitive muscle. And this actually came through in a meditation with my guides the other day that I thought was really interesting that they put it, they put it in this way. You know, there are these different clairs that we have. It's almost like our senses, right? There's clairvoyance, which is being able to see spirit or energy or whatever you want to however you want to refer to it so clairvoyance there's clairaudient which is being able to hear there's clairsentient which i believe is like a deeper knowing there's all of these different ways that you can strengthen or harness this connection and one way that you can start to go about figuring out which is maybe one of your stronger suits is number one learn about the clairs figure out all the different ones Mm-hmm. And number two, actually from a more pragmatic pragmatic standpoint or like from a human level is when you think about who you are in school, say, or in this world and how you learn best, maybe you're a visual learner. Maybe you actually learn best through reading, through words, through writing, or maybe you do better with like images, like, like math or symbols, um, or maybe you 
connect better through hearing things, right? So pay attention to how you, number one, learn really well in the world or take in information more easily. Those are really great windows to show you how to start connecting better to spirit. Yeah. That's a, that's a great disclaimer because I think even like when you meditate, I remember like talking to you and other girlfriends about it and being like, I'm like seeing things, I'm not hearing anything though, or like that voice. And then other people will have very different experiences yeah. and it's like, because of the clairs. Yeah. 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 And like, like one way that I really started to channel was actually like, I would just write down the thoughts that were coming in my head mm-hmm. and, and other, there's other people out there who, who literally see spirits. I'm glad I don't. I actually am okay with that. (laughs) Right. So it's just really interesting Mm -hmm. that this is all really available, not only around you, but within you, it's, it's about harnessing what comes more naturally to you. So let's say you are more of like an auditory, like you, you, let's say you like connect really well to music, you play instruments. Um, That's probably a good way that spirit is trying to connect with you. Hmm. Or let's say you love reading and you love writing. Spirit probably would try to connect you more through like signs, billboards, books, writing, the newspaper, like whatever you read and, and right. Or you're more of like a visual. Well, start to pay attention more to um, things you see, symbols. Like, so it's just, it's, it's a really great way to kind of tap into it as at a uh, intro level. We've heard a lot today about mm-hmm. your journey and how you've built this muscle or this connection within yourself and this connection to your spirituality, which is, I think, super inspiring. And hopefully for anyone that's along the path, beginning the path of wanting to get into it, hopefully um, they, they've gained a lot of knowledge and insight from that. And really, I think the takeaway for me is like, you could literally start anywhere. You don't need yes. to be coached into it this is all something that you know just do what feels right for you and what tools naturally come to you what speaks to you and it should it should be like a fun enjoyable part of like your experience right if it's ever feeling like forced or sort of like you know like dragging you down it's probably not the right piece or tool that you're you're picking up yeah and so where does this leave christina now Hmm. So you've like fully stepped into this business, you're owning it in your personal life, in business, like, where are you going now? I think, you know, it's interesting now that it's become a business for me, because there is that added pressure of like, okay, Hmm. what am I doing with this? But if anything, what I'm taking from this podcast, and just talking about this and reflecting on all of it is that continuing to just feel into what feels good and what feels right. And, you know, really tapping into this deeper piece, this deeper knowing within me that I am meant to share this and I am meant to help others connect to their innate power and their connection within themselves and the healing that is available to them through their own skills and power, right? Like, I think that is the next step for me is just continuing to stay connected to that really important piece. And the human in me wants to be like, oh, what am I doing next with my business? And how am I going to make this, you know, how am I going to make this work for me Mm -hmm. financially? But I think, and this can be a great lesson for all of us is 
the more we tap into what feels right and what feels good and what feels in flow and deeply connective, it takes a lot of the work out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and it just kind of sorts itself out on yeah. its own. I love that. Well, yeah. everything you do, you seem to succeed at. So I don't have any doubt. We'll get you there eventually too. <laughs> oh well, I think for anyone oh. who is interested to chat with Christina about her journey or share an experience or heck, if you want to have your own soul reading or Akashic Records reading, where can they find you and how can they reach out to you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Christina.SoulEmpowered. You can find the links to my website and all my services on both of those accounts. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, if you have listened to all of this and you've gotten to the end, I just really appreciate you taking your time and energy and hearing my story and my experience. Um, really this, you know, sharing all of this, it's always been about creating more connection. And so I hope that this can help you in any way. Um, and just know that you're not alone in this crazy experience because, you know, we chose this, we really did choose this. And the more you can dig into that and, and trust the journey and allow it to guide you, there's some really incredible things that start to happen in your life. Love that. Good yeah. ending. <laughs> well, thanks everyone. We will see you next time. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye.